up, everybody? Okay, we're in the madness. We're thick in the things of mad of madness. And I actually got to call some March Madness games. My first NCAA women's tournament. It's been fun. You know, I got to call the UConn games. Can I get a five spots? I got to have fun with the alumni. Um, it was a great time. Shouts to Beth Moens and Holly Rowe. I was on the call with some legends. And the march still continues. So that's all I have for the welcome because that's what everybody's talking about, the madness of March. And on the women's side, actually, I do want to say something. Let me welcome in the two lit crew real quick. I got my sister, Nicole Young, my snooker booker, which is my mom, Berlia Montgomery, and my VP, my manager, my right-hand man, and Paul Garino. And so a lot of people were asking me, why does the women's tournament not have as much upsets as the men's? And I thought that was a good question because, you know, in, in March Madness, we saw the first day on the second, first or second day in the men's side, a 15 beat a number two seed. A number one seed went down. I think the number one seed was the Ohio State University, which the, is the. Yeah. And so my Diddy, my family is from Ohio. So <laughs> that's a big blow to them, I'm sure. Um, but people were asking me, like, you know, why it was chalk. It was all chalk on the women's side. It was a close game between Troy and Texas A&M. Um, like a really close game, a close game that could have been historic. And I was on the call for that one. Um, and that's pretty much the closest that the women's side has gotten. There's never been a 15 seed beat a two seed in the women's game. The 15 seeds are 0 and 106 games. That's a fact. So it's just never happened in the women's game. Why is it that the women's game doesn't <laughs> get as many upsets? Do any of you all have any guesses? I'm going to start with you, Paul. Like, why do you think the women's game doesn't have as much, like, upset as the men's March Madness? Well, actually, now there has been a few upsets, but. No, I but think- on a regular, like, you know, like, we had the first three yeah. days was all chalk. And if people don't know what all chalk means, the first three days, the higher seed in the women's bracket won every single time. Yeah, every year when I fill out the brackets, uh, obviously I I analyze the men's one more, and then I just pick the women's one, and I do better on the women's one because you just pick all the favor you just pick all the favorites. But maybe I don't know. I think it's maybe just the level of like actual uh, like there's more elite D one schools in the men's and the women's. Yeah, I I mean that's a thought. What do you think? Like, do you have a, a thought process, uh, Snookabooka? Well, it goes back to that Title Nine stuff that I'm always talking about. And it's because the women of the elite schools are spending the money on their teams more so than the lower level teams. And so they have a lot more to to put into the women's basketball game. And so some of the smaller schools kind of get shut out with some of the money, which kind of can impact the game when you're not getting the same practice facilities, if you're not getting the same type of uh you know, uh, things that they're giving to the men, then naturally the women's teams will not perform as well as the men's if they're not getting the same money. So that's just my, my thoughts on it. And that's why the, uh, the big schools like UConn's and the Tennessee's or whatever, they have big women's programs that get big donors and they have big dollars that they put into those programs and the lesser schools is very very hard even for recruitment purposes you can see that even in the play that the smaller schools usually don't have those bigs that they need to be able to compete with the you know the the elite teams because the bigs are going to where the money is snook said title nine shoddy what's good cole what you thinking 
I think mom just said it all. I mean, I think that's hundred percent what it is. It's the recruitment process, the amount of scholarships that are going around, the amount, like mom said, you know, everybody's fighting for that upper echelon and then it just kind of trickles down for there and so once you get to a certain point some schools even know like if you want to come here you just want a basketball experience and you want to be able to go to school it's not that you some of the schools they know they're not going there to actually be in the number one you know top eight top 16 playing that's just the way it is and then it comes back to mentality too and Renee you've talked about this a lot women's mentality about the game changes too because guys they don't care what school they go to if they think they bad they bad and they're going to play and they think they can beat you on any given day where women they they have a little bit more feelings involved in it and they might feel a little not up to the competition level as guys do you know yeah no what about what's the scholarships for women like how many do they get? Because I know, like all D one men's, they get like pretty much twelve full rides. I think. Huh. I wonder if it's the same for all women's program. Maybe D one. Um. I think probably where you'll start to see a discrepancy, maybe D twos and lower. But I would hope. I don't know the answer to that, but I hope that women get twelve D one scholarships. I don't know. Like I really don't even know the, the answer for the women's is. Uh, I guess you'd say kind of harder because you have to. You're recruiting them for four years versus probably like two to zero to four one. yeah zero yeah. to one to four no that's, <laughs> that's true that's very true i didn't think about so, that yeah. so my mm-hmm. thoughts on it are that you know with nike they do a thing called game growers they have um her time to play there's different programs put in place because at the age of 13 women have a dramatic drop off when it comes to mm-hmm. continue to play sports there's stats that prove that like it's dramatic mm-hmm. Um, at the age of 13 for girls, you can assume that they start getting into other things. They start getting Mm -hmm. into maybe social media more. They want to hang out with their friends, probably boyfriends. And with guys, it really is different in the sense of guys, they might have themselves a girlfriend, but they're worried about their sport and different things of that nature. And that's their focus. I think that that drop off dramatically affects the talent pool. So then you have a lot of women, like a lot of girls that are stopping to play that we don't know. They could have been the next Maya Moore. We don't really know, but they maybe not were that interested in it. Sometimes maybe their school program, the Snooks Point in high school, maybe their school program isn't that great. So they're not really that into it. You might've had jerseys and uniforms that are 50 years old. That's a real thing. That was like me in high school, but maybe there's a lot of different factors that go into it, but it's true that the women's game we just don't have as many upsets in March Madness as the men's games. And I just realized that I, in the um, open, I forgot to mention, look at here, look at here, look at what we announced. 2021 virtual events have been announced for my my foundation, the Renee Montgomery Foundation. It's exciting. Um, we have some pretty big sponsors that are, that are coming on board. We haven't announced the sponsors yet, but... We have an NBA 2K tournament. We have a Madden tournament. We have a coding camp. We have a career day. And then we have an MEM camp. All of the events are virtual. We're trying to be sensitive to the climate that we're in. And when you make an event virtual, it opens it up to a lot more people that may not just be in this area. If you notice anything about all these events, they have a tech gaming focus. And and if you, I talked about it at Limps in my TED Talk where I feel like Everything is moving toward this explosive tech field. 
I don't feel like our youth get introduced to all the different type of jobs. You know, like I know a lot of kids love gaming. I know they're like gamers. Well, now you can be a professional gamer, not only just streaming, but NBA 2K has a whole league that all the NBA teams have their own team. The NBA teams support their gaming league. So you could be a professional NBA 2K gamer. I have a friend, shouts to OG King Kurt. Okay, OG. You know it, shouts to OG King Kurt. He's a coach of the Brooklyn Nets gaming team. Like, this is what I'm saying. There's real job. That's his real job to coach gamers to game better. That's his real job. And I just want to make sure that kids understand all the different avenues available to them. We know coding and all of that is going to be a big deal. So, We'll be releasing a time when the dates will be, the signups, when the sponsors will be there. Shouts to Paul and Cole that got all this together. That's my squad. But yeah, we're excited because we're not going to let the pandemic hold us back, okay? So we're going to pick things back up and keep it moving. I know y'all see this right here too, by the way. This is my like NBA top shot type of deal. Shouts to HG, man, my crew, the Heartland group. They get me all the way together with the graphics and everything on the show. So just wanted to show them some love because they're killing it. Look at that. They are killing it. All right. All right. So now let's move into the scoreboard where we talk about sports and business because I love when sports is doing business. Sports is big business. I love to hear all about it. VP, what do you have for us this week? Our two major broadcasting deals. Um, the NFL did a deal. It's like, I think it's like pretty much like with all the, like major networks and you know each year you know i think it's yeah each year a different network gets a super bowl and so basically it was like a 250 million dollar deal crazy crazy amounts obviously with nfl and then uh one that i just seen today is pretty interesting um like european soccer series a Mm -hmm. um uh, cbs got the broadcasting for u.s rights so that's kind of interesting to see like i mean i don't really i don't even really know how to watch european soccer so i don't know if I'm assuming more people are going to watch U.S. soccer. I mean, well, U.S. people you, are. Yeah. I mean, yeah, international soccer is way bigger. Yeah. I mean, if any, if you don't know about soccer, those interma- international ball clubs like Madrid, uh, LeBron bought into um, a Liverpool. ball club. Which one? Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah, those – I played overseas for 10 years, and let me tell you, there's no – Di- those fans are different okay yeah. I mean like they are ready to die over their team and I'm not even exaggerating like they are ready to to put it all out there for their soccer clubs it's a different type of fandom you know I, I Atlanta United honestly has a really yeah. great fan base like their fan base when you go in there I've been in there for a game it has that same international feel of fan base because they're into it they're they're loud they're screaming like these they're all about it. And for me, that's like the dream, like literally like as an athlete to be able to run out of the tunnel and hear all kinds of fans in the crowd. Like that's what every athlete, you know, we all talk about it. Like you run up the crowd goes wild. Like that's what you say when you're young. And so the soccer fans internationally have it, but what do you guys think about now? CBS is going to be streaming some games right here in the U S I think CBS is smart. (laughs) I think they, I think they, they're whoever's idea, whoever had this idea and whoever executed it was a genius. Yeah. <laughs> it was a genius. Yeah. It's big business. Yeah. yeah. So they, they got it for three years at $75 million per year. And it, I mean, that's obviously a lot, but it doesn't really. That seems cheap to me. Yeah, I mean, a, 
That's yeah. not even a pl- uh, NBA player's contract. I mean, if you just think about it in those those terms, NBA players are making two hundred million uh, easy. You know, two hundred twenty is the max. But there's players that are making anywhere from seventy to two hundred million. So if you think about it like that, and you get to put on a whole season for the international soccer, that, and if you guys didn't know, that's that's the league that has Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, that look at so that. That's the league, and if y'all he's don't know, the number who, one. Of of everybody, yeah. of everybody. I even know that one. That one. <laughs> I even know Why, that. you like him, Cole? No, it's just that um, <laughs> actually, the kids are playing advancing like FIFA, and so yeah, so he was playing FIFA. And that's people hearing about this this FIFA person on the new games or whatever they're gonna do, and I was just like, okay. So I keep hearing oh. the name. Oh, speaking of FIFA, I don't know. I don't think it's it's not with FIFA. I think it's actually with EA. But oh, Tiger Tiger Woods has a game coming out now, and I don't know if people know, but Tiger Woods game used to be like the biggest game out when it came to golf because it's Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all. Well, now he's re-entering the gaming world, and he's coming out with his own game again. I heard that he has a lot of creative, like he was in a lot of the creative process as he was in the past. So if you liked his game in the past, I think he's going to have a dope game in the future. What do you think about that, Snooka Booker? Everything's wonderful. You know, I think that, um, you know, sports uh, a few years ago, maybe three, four, five years ago, it seems like sports was going like down, you know, as far as viewership, attendance at games, and things of that nature. So, and that's very sad because, you know, sports have been in a part of our society for so long and for, you know, to see, you know, football, you know, kind of dying a little bit, you know, uh, just all kinds of crazy things going that was kind of negative uh, aspects uh, of sports. They see it, you know, being picked up with new leagues and things of that nature. I think it's wonderful. I agree. I feel like sports, you know, for whatever reason, it wasn't booming. Like business wasn't necessarily booming, but now when we do our scoreboard every week, there's some booming business happening. And so for me, obviously being an athlete is lit, baby. What else Mm -hmm. you got next, DP? So correction on the NFL deal, it was was actually $113 billion. And the 250 million is for the data for like the gambling sites. That's how much they have to- I was thinking that was low. Cause when you say 250 mil, like I said, there's NBA players that have a $220 million contract. So if you're buying the rights to anything that- Yeah, that's just the for the data. Lead. How about that? That's just for the data. It's for the date. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Big <it>. business. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this one's pretty interesting. Little Little Caesars Pizza wants to get the naming rights to your living room. What? <laughs> so fans in Canada could sign a contract with them and their whole living room will be Little Caesars hockey affiliated NHL out and so does this mean that like if you were to stream from your living room or stream from your house now it's sponsored by little caesars yeah <laughs> wow wonderful wow and i love little caesars they uh <laughs> <did a> good- <laughs> well no not necessarily you know i eat their pizza as a matter of fact my grandkids eat it at least once a week or, or twice a week but i like the little caesar owner for uh what he did for rosa parks tell us about it snooker book and say that real quick 
Okay, so Rosa Parks was beat up in Detroit. She lived in Detroit and her she was beaten and her apartment was robbed and the owner of Little Caesars, I think he recently passed away. Maybe I might not have that right. But anyway, uh, he saw that she was in dire need and for at least 13 or 14 years, he put her up in a condo, a new apartment that was in a safe neighborhood so she, so she could live with peace of mind. And I think that and he never even mentioned it, never even tried to get any you know, uh, acclamations about it or anything. He just did it because out of the goodness of his heart. Okay, Little Caesars are all right by me. After that, like Little Caesars, yes, you see? can't have my living room, Little Caesars, because <laughs> you would have to sponsor they're gonna the get, pod. They're going to get Snooks a living room. Right. <laughs> you might get Snooks set up and it's very sophisticated. Well, they said um, it's, it's for people in Canada, so I guess it hasn't made it here to the U.S. But Cole, would you offer up your living room to Little Caesars Pizza? I would think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say your name. I got I got to hear what, what's going to go on with it, but we can see. It's all, can it's see. all orange if you didn't. If you didn't oh, no, no, no. I can't do that. <laughs> That changes it. I can't. I can't walk into it completely orange every day. That would okay. But if could you walk into a completely orange every day if they are paying you like one thousand a month to do it? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I will walk in. I would wear orange. They say we only want you to wear orange in this orange room. I'm like, okay, got you. You know, this is very innovative. I'm telling you because the reasons I'm asking Cole this. Can you imagine? Everybody wants a little side hustle. Everybody's always trying to figure out a side hustle, some multiple <laughs> streams of income. Little Caesar's talking about some, let me brand your living room and I'm going to pay you? They just want a piece of your real estate. That's fine. They can they can have it. For that mm-hmm. much, 4000 a month, they can own that living room. It's theirs. Mm-hmm. See, I'm opposed, I'm opposed to it because of the pizza, though. <laughs> Oh, you don't. Oh, so Paul, you're not a huge fan of the actual pizza? I don't. never had it, but I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, we got real pizza. Over here, pizza. You know? I we, mean, I no, know no, no, that no, you no, guys no. have great pizza. I don't do the I don't do the chains. Oh, oh, Whoa. he's so cool. oh, excuse okay. me. <laughs> okay. Uh, he's high, look, he's fancy. Look, look at this. Can take it and visit Paul so he can buy some good non. I'll buy you some pizza. The party. <laughs> this is a great time. The parties. Send more pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Little Caesars, no, not for nothing. Like Little Caesars, this is genius. I feel like there's going to be a lot of yeses. Call my sister Cole when you make it to the U.S. What else we got, VP? Oh, don't forget me. Call me too. Okay, I'll take on it. a friend. Listen, little Caesars, you're onto something here. Half of the two lit crew is down. <laughs> yeah, that 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 reminds me, we gotta start doing uh dis- distant dining. Again. Yeah, we need to. Yeah, we gotta bring back distant dining. We can't let the mail system. Maybe we have to. Maybe spot. I have to. Maybe I have to try little Caesars now. That would be great. That's it. That's gonna be our next distant dining. It's gonna be little Caesars. What's your flavor? Tell me what's your flavor. Ooh. What you got, VP? What you got? All right. The last one. Uh, save the best for last because I know you're going to want to do it after. Uh, Mark Cuban is making Mavericks uh, NFTs and they're called Mav Punks. And then I think he, I'm assuming he's doing it with the crypto punk people. And then oh. the tweet below it was uh, he, he bought this, the CEO of 
I don't know what he is, but he bought one for 15,000 in 2018 and just sold it last week for $7.5 million. Do y'all hear these numbers? Like I just, it actually makes me physically ill. Why weren't we hip? They, they bought it for 15,000 and sold for seven and a half million. Is that what we're talking about here? But would, but, 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 I mean, we wouldn't buy none for 15,000. But that's well, the problem, though. That, that's what I think is the problem. Who could have to buy it at 15000 to begin with, you know? Let me ask you a question. Is this the same? Mark Cuban's the one who actually is doing, and he has an NFT gallery, doesn't he? He's, he started yeah, he's like doing, a, He's doing a bunch of uh, stuff. Because yeah, I remember uh, he's the one that I found out when they were selling the tweets, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mark Cuban, I want to be friends. Oh, sorry. I just thought I would say that because... <laughs> I'm a like honestly first of all I'm a huge fan of Shark Tank uh he's my he's one of my favorite investors it would be hard to turn down a deal from Mark Cuban but not only that he's so into the tech space and he's so advanced like they accept cryptocurrency for the Dallas Mavs like if you want to buy a ticket you can buy it like you can use Bitcoin to buy a, a Dallas Maverick ticket I think that's so smart I feel like we need to start getting into the tech space here in Atlanta so Mark Cuban, we want to be friends. Call me. Hello. I'm trying to get into tech. We have all kinds of events. This is what we're doing. I do want to do it. Like my, you see how Paul knows me very well. Cause now as soon as we get off of here, I'm going to be texting him about, okay, so how do we go crypto punk? Like, what's up? Like, how, how do we get there? I, I want to get there. Like, yeah. Like I want to figure sign this all out. <laughs> What'd you say, Snook? I said, sign us all up. Right. Sign us all up. What, like, see, so I can remember, I want to ask you two something because remember when we very first brought up these NFTs and these top shots and we asked you guys about like, what do you think about this stuff? What do you think about it now, Cole? It's amazing that people are paying this much for something they will never, ever touch. Never, ever touch. You will never, ever virtually touch any of this stuff. It just, will, it, no, okay, well, we're not there yet. And they're paying $15,000 for stuff that is literally you downloaded on a stick. I, hey, I, I'm still- Has any of your friends talked to you about this? Mom, either you talk, well, are you no, talking either to one of you? Either oh, one of y'all. Oh, oh. Has no, it reached y'all's friends man. group chats yet? Oh, no, no, not my friends group chat. Oh, we're still we're still early, early. You're you're early, early. <laughs> my people are not. They're not looking to buy stuff. Like I even <laughs> with Van, even with Vance, and he goes, "Hey, ma, can I get some V bucks?" And I'm like, well, "What are we? What are we getting for the V bucks? We're getting a skin." Oh we're yeah, getting- so so that's the that's the best way to explain it. Like Vance is already doing it. Yeah, that's he's crazy. already bought. Think about that, Cole. Your son is already doing it. I already like- told y'all. I told you about time Vance gets 16, he's going to be teleporting in and out of this house. We, <laughs> <laughs> we already, we already so, know. Well, y'all are talking you. about, y'all are talking about it. Has it reached your group chat? Snook, has it reached your group chat? I just didn't. Oh. <laughs> no, no, it hasn't. Look, so and I know got a home. Everybody on this, all the two lit crew know where I'm at as far as tech is <laughs> And I'm way above many of the people in my group so you could, you could just imagine wait can you guys can you guys this week and whatever your friend whichever one has the most friends in the group chat say have you guys heard of spell out non-fungible token? oh yes we want you guys to text your friends and say hey have you heard about this non-fungible tokens and or and then snook maybe you ask hey have you gotten your nba top shot yet i want to see ask mark can you ask miss marty if she's gotten 
a, a top shot yet, please. And Cole, ask, ask your crew, Jenny, any of them, ask, ask them. Him. Yeah, ask, ask them. Because I want to see, because this is really crazy. It's like a whole nother private world. I mean, I'm not going to lie. No, not a lot of my friends know about it either, so. It's crazy because, like, I'm in a whole group chat. The group chat is called Top Shot Boys. And, again, I, I have told them that I am a woman. They have not changed the chat yet. But <laughs> I entered the Top Shot Boys chat, and it's crazy because it's, like, it really is this whole un other world. Like, it's crazy. Y'all better get into it. We're trying to let you get into it. We're going to open up some packs later today. Get into it. All right. That's what you guys and think your aunties as well oh my they goodness be <laughs> they will be funny oh. i almost want to i almost want to video chat my aunties and ask them that oh. live so you guys can see that they are going to ask me if i'm feeling okay probably <laughs> let's, like, get them on. let's get them on next week let's get on let's do it snooker book and we got to coordinate to get auntie and them on because this yes. is going to be great Oh, I'm already excited. I already wanted them on there and this is great. All right. So moving on to remotely one-on-one and this week we have soccer, baby. Soccer season's coming up soon, but we have a soccer player, Megan Klingenberg, and she was part of that 2015 uh, FIFA World Cup champions. That group went on to meet Obama. It was historic. Google it if you haven't. She was also a member of the 2017 NWSL champs. Uh, it was the Portland Thorns, I believe, on that team. And then she's, I mean, she does a little bit of everything. She's killed it in college, killing it in the pros, but she also has her own clothing brand. It's a lifestyle brand. Get into it. Okay, so Megan, I kind of want to start all the way at the beginning and work our way to now. Born in Pittsburgh, you've been a winner since the beginning. You started doing the USA national team because I was doing the same. You started under 16. You went all the way to under 23. What was it like being basically really good young? You know, I actually really, I wasn't really good young. I was really bad. <laughs> like, if I like that. But tell, so why, tell me when you noticed you started to get better then. Yeah, so I was like really bad. Like my parents were embarrassed bad uh, when I first started like six years old on the soccer field. And I used to like run over there. They tell me the story that I, I would run over there and be like, mom, is it okay if I like stick to softball she's like totally totally fine that's how bad I was okay and um but I've always been like the type of kid and I still refer to myself that way because that's what it feels like is that like loves the struggle um the work um and so to me like I was just having fun with my friends out there and I think when I stopped worrying about being good or bad, then I could just see myself become like the player and athlete um, that I was in all the other sports. And so it was more, it's, it, I don't think there was any like one time where I was like, she got it. It was more of like, a, wow, this is really fun. I'm having a blast. And then as I'm having so much fun, I think that's when it started to click. I like that. So you were having, so if that equates to you having fun, you were having a blast in high school and then you were having so much fun that you got a scholarship to UNC. What was that like? Because, you know, that's a, that's a big major school. And so that's the 
for me, I came from West Virginia and I made it to UConn. So for me to get to that big platform, you know, it was a big deal. What was that like for you? Yeah, UConn and UNC are kind of like the top of the pinnacle when it comes to collegiate sports. And yep. um, what's, I mean, I wanted to go there since I was nine. And wow. my mom, <clears throat> and, well, when I was little, there was no, I don't know how it was for you, but there was no pro league at all. Same. Yeah, exactly. So college was kind of like the pinnacle of what you could do. And mm -hmm. I knew that UNC was the best. And my used to take these spontaneous trips and she would just pull me out of school on a Friday and we'd head out to the mountains or do something fun. And this one time we decided to go to the in North Carolina. And so we drove down and on a Friday night at 7pm UNC was playing against I have no idea who, but we stopped and we watched them and they were literally running circles around every single, you know, woman on that field. And I was inspired by it. And then I knew that I want to go there. And then when it came time to choose a college, it was a no brainer. That is place that I wanted to go and wanted to be. And I knew how competitive it was and that fit my personality perfectly. And it was honestly one of the best choices I could have ever made in my life, personally and professionally. I agree. I agree the exact same with UConn. And so you went there, you made a splash. I mean, you were named to the, the freshman All-American ACC, All-American ACC. Uh, first, and by the time you left there, you were named first team ACC, got a gazillion academic award, and then you move on. And tell me about that, because we talked about it was the same for me. When you were younger, there wasn't really a league to go to. Now there's somewhere, there's an idea you can play professionally. What was that transition like? Yeah, it's a huge jump. It's a big jump between level and at this point it was the WPS. And so yeah. I got drafted into the WPS and I went down to Florida and I jumped there and I thought it was going to be exactly like UNC and I'm yelling at everybody and I'm telling them what to do and I'm acting like a little chump. And um, turns out <clears throat> the veterans didn't like that very much. And uh, so it was actually a really hard transition for me because um, Anson, my coach at UNC, encouraged freshmen, sophomores, doesn't matter who you are, to speak right. and like own your place and compete. And because you did your whole career there, correct? Like you started the whole time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but it wasn't easy. Like if you were bad at practice, he would just be like, you're on bench. And then he'd put in somebody that did better at practice. So everything, everything mattered. And I took it incredibly seriously every single practice in the pros and I wanted to win. And I want, and so that's why I would direct and do all of these things. Um, so yeah. I needed to learn a little bit of interpersonal <laughs> like skills, yeah. um, which hopefully, you know, I've come closer to mastering now um, but it was a big jump and it was difficult and you know I was it was a really big learning experience and I had a lot of failures at that time which I I don't really like to call them failures because I just think of their their learning opportunities um, like what like what happened during that period well um that is a much longer story and we need to have a totally separate podcast for that. But um, give me the cliff notes, like abbreviated, just give me the quick hitters for it, the cliff notes version. I'll give you a cliff notes. So um, the 
owner was like a bit crazy like there's no other word for it and he um did not like certain people and liked other people and there was these two groups of people that he kind of like treated really well or kind of didn't treat well and so I was in I was in that group that wasn't treated well got traded away (laughs) first in my very first season got traded um, um, and then went into Boston and had to start over with a brand new team mid-season so there was a and, you know, never was able to break into the starting up down in West Palm Beach. So that was really difficult for me, not being able to connect with my teammates, connect with the owners. And then on top of that, not be able to put in the type of performances that I wanted to put in. So right. Um, right. then up to Boston, it was actually a blessing because it allowed me to have this fresh start to kind of replay my rookie season and it turned out very differently okay so as i told you meg is amazing i already knew that now you know that but the nwsl league is like opening week is in a week opening night is in a week vp give us the rundown yeah so april 9th uh the thorns that megan plays for is playing kansas city and kansas city is owned by patrick mahone's fiance or part owned and then um, also opening night, Chicago. Shouts to Brittany Matthews. Let's say her name. <laughs> Come on, you can't play me like that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Come on, I'm just, can I ad lib? Hello. Uh, Chicago Red Stars, opening night also, Chicago Red Stars versus Houston Dash. Uh, Chicago Red Stars, own, part owned by Sarah Spain. Sarah! A few weeks ago. And James Harden last year. I think it was last year, 2019, bought part of the Houston Dash team. That's pretty lit, by the way. I didn't know it. The NWSL has so many, like, celebrity, high A-list owners. Uh, James Harden, Lily Singh, Candace Parker, Naomi Osaka. Serena. Serena Williams, like, now that I just, like, the NWSL is killing it. I mean, we already knew it, but in case you didn't know it, they're killing it. So, opening night is coming up. You see, I got I got my squad on, okay? I know you see it, what's going on here. This is the Portland Thorns, in case people didn't know. So, our team is suiting up on opening night because we're all fans. And speaking of, ATL, what's good? You know, like, the colors are already here. I like the red and black or whatever, but... Atlanta probably needs a soccer team. I feel like Atlanta is a city, one of those big cities that has to have every sport. And women's soccer is a big sport. We need it. What y'all thinking? What y'all feeling? Y'all, y'all want to be, do we want to like, hello, uh, Tulip crew, ownership status. What's up? Like, well, I think that it's good to get in on the ground floor. I think that's what's happening. Uh, since it's kind of new, everybody's saying, okay, ownership's out there. So let me just get in here on the ground floor where it might be a little bit less harmful to my pocketbook. And um, it might grow my pocketbook to where I can't really carry it. So hey, uh, Booker has her investor cap on. The NWSL <laughs> actually exploded. And just so, just a little bit of history for people. So there was a big discrepancy in pay when it came to the U.S. women's national soccer team and the U.S. men's national soccer team. The craziest part that's not so crazy because now that the NCAA stuff happened, 
the women's team was actually killing it and winning and they were making a dramatic difference less than the men's squad. So they use their voices. They let's talk about it. We got something to say. And folks were listening. They actually took it to court. It was, well, if you heard Megan, you know this already, but it was a big deal. Long story short. And now business is booming, baby. You see mm -hmm. folks are on board. Cole, yeah. what you thinking? I'm thinking um, all that going to court and then flowing over, need to flow over to women's basketball. Hello, somebody. <laughs> Hello, somebody. I like that, Cole. But you know what? It's interesting time now because, like, people are very aware. You know, like, I can remember, I told you, in 2009, I'm sure our swag bag was nothing compared to the men's champions of 2009. I'm sure it's been a thing consistently, but now people seem to care. People, it's it's like now is there's no excuses anymore. Before it used to be like, oh yeah, the men probably make more and oh yeah, it's a money thing. And oh, you don't sell jerseys and oh, y'all aren't selling tickets to your, there's so many things people love to tell us about women's sports. And we're like, okay, yeah, anyways, let's get it together. And so women's soccer got it all the way together. So shouts to them. All right, so moving on, moving on to, snooka booka segment remote roots and this is where she educates us on everything culture us heathen snooka booka what you got for us this week well since this is the last show of the month for women's international history month i thought i might kind of do a recap uh for the month and i'd like to kind of pair it up with uh, points of time in my life since it's roots and so you know I talk a lot about Fanny Pearl so I'd like to talk okay. a little bit about and compare Fanny Pearl's birth year of, in the 1900s to my birth year in the 1950s to my children's birth month in the 1980s to the present and so I want to look at some social issues and then the the thing that always interests most people is the money how the money show me the money <laughs> for the time and so as i've said before i'm a little upset with myself because when my grandmother was living she'd tell you about anything you could ask her any kind of question she always had an answer and sometimes you might not have understood what she was talking about but she always gave you um, her point of view and so i wish i had had some of these questions for her that i that i have now so when I was researching the 1900s, I found that, that one of the main the issues during that time for women were they were working to gain voting rights. And so, you know, in 1920, uh, I guess right when she was turning 19 years old, uh, women gained the right to vote. Now, I don't know if she was one who was able to vote then because uh, minority women didn't get that right till later right. on. Okay, uh, they work for broad-based economic equality, for social reforms, and from 1880 to 1910, uh, the women in the U.S., their employment, they were 2.8, I'm sorry, 2.6 to 7.8 million were employed during that period of time. Wow. Women's clubs across the nation promoted better schools, regulation of child labor, women in unions, and liquor prohibition. Okay. So things that they were uh, fighting for back in the 1900s. And uh, not all women believed in sex equality. They thought it was a challenge to their traditional roles and 
and they were as threatened as the men by the changing roles of women. Some women even believed that they would grow beards if they started to act like men and do men's jobs. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so teaching and clerical work were the acceptable jobs for women and only 7% of women worked outside of the home. And just to give you an idea of how they were paid, uh, women janitors made $540 annually. Police matrons made $720 annually so stenographers $900 annually compared to now this is the only one they get a comparison to men women make $900 as a stenographer and male clerks make between nine and twelve hundred dollars uh, for their work in the 1900 census the average salary was $449.80 unskilled females made $120 annually 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 and African-American male laborers made $150 annually. Okay, and so, in, and this is when women's rights started to change a little because uh, by 1900, every state had passed a law granting women the right to keep their own money when they didn't work. And to Where was it going before? The, 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 the husband. You, money went to your husband. Yep, they decided and, with the money. Oh no. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure that didn't happen to Fanny Pearl's house. Nah, Fanny Pearl uh, wasn't playing that. She was keeping her coins. I'm, I'm, see that. That. I'm sure it didn't happen in her household. And in 1920, and I'll compare that to 1950 when I was born, 47% of the college women, uh, college students were women. 47%. Wow. In 1958, it went down 38% of college students were women. And that was because in the 1950s, it was viewed as the period of conformity when both men and women observed strict gender rules and complied with society's expectations. So in other words, instead of it getting a little better for women during the 1950s, it kind of tightened up. <laughs> oh, they didn't like that 47%. We were shocked when we heard 47%. And so there was some pushback basically because women was getting educated and knowing what's going on. Right, right. And so some of their issues were they wanted to be able to vote like men um, and limit, uh, which limited their equality. They were paid much less than men. After the insecurity of the Great Depression and then the Second World War, they became the center of America, women became the center of American life. So the average age of marriage was 20 years old. So women went, you know, scraped from school to marriage. One household incomes because the wife was there to prepare the meals for the husband, take care of the kids and do that kind of thing. And so that period was called domestic containment. And so oh, in other words- Like it was a <laughs> like, disease. Like there was a, yeah, yeah, like there was a containment. Yeah, like, yeah. Ooh. Okay, so many of the social expectations for women roles outside of the house were trying trying to change, but uh, both men and women wanted them to kind of stay the same. In the 1960s, women's rights movements challenged many of the traditional uh, notions of mother, motherhood and marriage. In other words, women started to, wanted to control their own bodies and how they were treated in their particular marriages. And that uh, sounds like a lot like 2021. Uh-huh. Okay, so a growing group of the women spoke out about inequality and justice and injustice. And so that was kind of the beginning of the civil rights movement where people started really paying attention to what was going on with different races in this country. 
1953, the U.S. Supreme Court had its first, uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, in 1953, the first woman underwent uh, astronaut training. The first woman in 1953. NASA canceled the program in 1963, and it wasn't until 1983 that women actually um, were uh, allowed to or sent to space. Crazy. Okay, so let's go to the salary real quick. In nineteen fifty, the secretary, uh, bank, the main uh, jobs for women were secretary, bank teller, clerical workers, sales clerk, private household workers, and teachers. And you can just see why how it's not changing that much from nineteen hundred to nineteen fifty. Pretty much the same kind of jobs. Yeah. In twenty in twenty ten, the top five jobs. Now that was the nineteen fifty top jobs. In twenty ten, the top five jobs were secretary was number one. Cashier, elementary and middle school teacher, followed by nurse to nursing aide. So they're all kind of caring professions. Women's yeah. profession did not change in 30 years. Wow. 1957, white males made $4,396 a year. Female whites made $2,240 a year. Non-white males made $2,436 a year. And non-white females made $1,019 a year. So in 1963, uh, 10 years after I was born, the Equal Pay Act came into existence. So let's move to the 1980s. That's uh, y'all's group of people. Yeah, Cole, and Cole, that's Cole's area right now. I'm 78, but I'll yeah, take we it. we know. She was <laughs> talking about it on the phone. Me, you want to throw me, okay, throw me back a little bit, okay. <laughs> okay, so in the 1980s, the main issues, again, listen to these issues, sexual, women's sexual and reproductive health, child care leave, leave uh, domestic violence and violence against women, equal pay for equal work, marital law, welfare policies and education, abduction of girls and health. So again, it's still the same issues. Going it's hard on being a woman, generation. It's hard being a woman. Just listen to that. Okay, so 1980, the first Republican uh, woman in Florida was elected to the U.S. Senate. Before that, all women who were in the Senate picked up the roles of someone who had died, their father or their husband. They weren't elected to the office. Oh. In 1981, Sandra Day O'Connor became the first woman to serve in the Supreme Court. Okay, there were two women and no blacks among the hundreds, the hundreds of senators of the 19, 99th Congress from 1985 to 1987. Mm -hmm. The hundred women and uh, hundred senators, I'm sorry. And the House of Representatives, had 434 members and 22 were women and 20 were blacks, okay? Mm -hmm. And then in 1987, the average personal income for men was $22,684. For women, it was 11,345. Literally half, literally Ooh. half. That year, 56% of American women were in the workforce. In 1985, nearly 60% of Americans were paid hourly, and the medium hourly rate for men was $7.45. For women, it was $5.26. Crazy. Let's, okay. Let's, let's fast forward. Okay, so five things you won't believe that women couldn't do in 1980. Okay. Women could not be covered by health insurance under maternity leave at many companies, and so you couldn't even get maternity leave then. Okay. Women could not sue for pay discrimination after six months. In other words, if they hired you and you accepted the cost or the pay that they want to pay you, 
you had no rep no no recourse even if you found out men were being paid more for the same job wow M married women could not act, accuse their husbands of rape in almost every state mm. okay women couldn't get a phd in women's studies mm -hmm. uh the phd i know you lying wait a minute <laughs> Women couldn't get a PhD in women's studies. Okay, the first PhD program in women's history was at uh, the University of Wisconsin in 1980, and in women's studies in Emory at 19 at Emory in 1990. And then naturally, women couldn't serve in combat roles in the military. Okay, in 1979, the first year which comparable earnings data was available, women earned 62 percent of what men earned 62 percent wow so now let's jump to 2021 yes, we let's, all know let's what fast forward are. let's get let's get it okay so the issues are reproductive rights and justice same as before economic oh. justice same as before ending violence against women continues on racial injustice same thing lgbtqia plus rights and constitutional equality, which is goes along with voting. So same things, just warmed over in 2021. In 2012, women made about 81% of the median earnings of males for the time, wage, and salary workers, which was $854. In 2021, women earned 82 cents for every dollar of every every dollar a man earned. 2021. And, I just want to make sure we're talking about 2021, right? Or 2020. 2020 2021. Come on now, people. 21, 82% of every dollar that men make. In one study uh, among the sample, the median salary for men is roughly 18% higher than the median salary for women, except in sports. I think it's a, a lot different. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. It's, okay, and due to COVID, a lot of the things that women, and that's why they say we're the uh, workers who are required is because COVID changed a lot, changed a lot of roles for women in 2019 and 2020. So, um, you know, we're digressing. Our statistics will look a lot different in the next couple of years because of COVID, what it did to the workforce. Yeah. So my take from that is that there's been a lot of time that has passed, but not necessarily a lot has changed when it comes to, it's hard being a woman. Like, I don't know. I think someone said this recently, but like, if you think about the things that women have to do on top of doing their job, like guys go do their job. That's and their main all, focus. That's all we're looking for them to do. That's all they're looking for them to do. But Cole, you're a working mom. Tell us about all the things that you have to do on top of doing your job. So um, it's, it, it, it comes to just the most simplest of things. And I mean, it's not so much the man's, um, he didn't do anything wrong. It's just how society has nurtured them to do it. And I, my case in point is, even with homeschooling, the virtual schooling, well, that's not any different than what the mothers were doing when the kids were in school. Because when the kids were sick, the first person they call is the mother. They don't yeah. call the father. If something was missing or something's needed, the mother automatically does it. And she had to go to work. And she had to make sure someone was picking up the kids. And she had to make sure all shot records and all that. So- <laughs> This is something that women naturally take over. Um, but I mean, even now, like my son needs a dentist appointment. I don't, my, my son, my husband probably doesn't even know who his dentist, our dentist is. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'll switch you. No, but because, that's, yeah, that's real. Yeah, because that's something that I am like, it's almost, I'm required to know. So yeah. 
it hasn't changed. And what mom is saying is that basically we make some steps forward and then society says, nope, 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 nope. And take Have a seat. Right, try to take us right back. back. Yeah, exactly. I'm telling and, and what. It goes down to that men are still in control. So as long as men are the, all, the majority of the CEOs, the majority of the people in the legislature, the majority of people who are have the managerial and the professional jobs, yeah. they hold the key to opening up everything. And I think, you know, a lot of eyes have been opened and a lot of companies now are trying to at least uh, kind of level the playing field, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. Absolutely. Still a lot of work that needs to be done. I'm gonna tell you right now, the women, this movement that's happening right now, there ain't no pulling back. Like I can just, there's no pulling back. And even hearing you say um, that women couldn't get a PhD in women's studies, it's kind of like what's happening right now with the reproductive debate. I don't know what the debate's about, but I know a lot of men are joining in on the debate. Sounds crazy. It's just crazy. But this is like I said, and this is not anything against men. This is the fact that we're just saying women are very capable, been capable. And so there needs to be those avenues to the CEO position, to the high management position. We got to get there. That's all it is. But I like it, Snookabooka. Thank you for educating us. We're no longer heathens. All right, all right. Moving on, moving on. Y'all know we love to give out love. We're about to show some love on Remote Roses. So for Remote remote Roses this week, we have Penny Guevara. Yes. Let's go. And Penny is going to be giving out roses. We like to show love. But before we show love, I want to find out a little bit about Penny. So Penny, I know that you've been involved in sports since you were young. You played in middle school, your freshman year of high school. You were the point guard. And then you went on to be a coach. Now, I've said a lot in my life that I ain't doing it. I can't coach because I don't have the patience. But you decided to take that and be brave. Tell me about what it was like to turn from player to coach. Oh, man. First of all, it's exciting. It's nerve wracking, of course. I never coached in my life. So I'm patient naturally. I'm a patient person, person, so it worked out pretty well. But to have all eyes on you, that's crazy. That, I don't know. I don't recommend it to anybody. <laughs> you don't recommend it? No, but it was fun. I learned so much. Communication, okay. leadership. That part. You, you become friends with the players and coaches. So it was pretty fun. No, I can agree. Just from the little bit of time that I've had being a, a vice president for the dream, I agree. It's it's scary, but it's exciting yes. all in one. Yes. But you do a lot of other things. You write, you edit for social media. You're an editor for The Next. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, well, you know Howard. I work with Howard at The Next. What up, Howard? <laughs> I love Howard. He's a friend of the show. Yes, he's amazing to work with. He gets along with everybody. He gives everybody opportunities. Even if you've been a year in the sports industry world, he gives you an opportunity. So it's great. And so tell us what is the next in case people don't know. Tell us about that. It's a newsroom 24-7. So there's writers that write every day, report every day for specifically for women's basketball. I love that. So that's the thing. That's the difference. There's not a lot of places that everything they focus on is women first of all, and then even take it to a step further. This is women's basketball that they're writing yeah. about. You yeah. know, I love to see it. I love everything yeah. about it. I support it all the way, um, but that's not it. I'm telling you, Penny wears a lot of hats, okay? Yeah. So you also, 
work our supervisor at the YMCA and I sit on the board at one of the YMCA's here in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. the Andrew Young and Family YMCA. So tell me about that. Like why the why? Why the why? Because I love working with kids as a coach. I do everything. Now we're doing referee, referee in the games, which is something new once again. Oh my God. They've been going off on you, players been going off on you on them calls. Players, coaches, parents. Everything. <laughs> everything. I score keep um, the clock. So I do everything. It's customer service. I love working with kids. So it works pretty. It's perfectly. Well, just hearing you talk, I can tell how you would be great at all of those roles, honestly. Yeah. So Penny, without further ado, and let me tell yeah. you, I know you watch the show. So I know yeah. because you always, and thank you for watching and your feedback every week. Like, honestly, we laugh at some of your comments like we, oh my god we share them in the chat paul will send it in the chat so that the snook and cole they're hit or miss with the twitter okay so they, they <laughs> not get on there every day like me and paul so we shared in the chat so thank you you know that we take this serious so yeah. I bp he's been a little stagnant lately he's still at four snook has three i have three Cole worked hard for her one. She got that yes, one. Yes, she did. This is for you, Nicole. I did this for you. <laughs> yeah. This is hilarious. All right, Penny. Without further ado, everybody got ready? a little. Y'all got y'all's uh, dry race boards. Are you ready? Okay, so this is International Women's Month. We're going to keep it with women's basketball. Okay. 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 Nice clue. Yep. This is the first clue. She wore two jerseys in college. Ooh. Okay. Two jerseys. Dang. Okay, let's go. Does anybody have any guesses yet? If not, I'm going Is it two jerseys or two jersey numbers? It's like the numbers. That's a good question, but she wore two different jerseys, two different colors. So it was two different schools. Oh. Ooh. Okay. 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 Look at Paul. His brain's like a computer. So he is <laughs> all the players that he knows that has transferred. He's even writing something down. <laughs> I'm scared. Uh, okay. Let's get hit number two. Let's okay. See. Clue number two, her father and brother played and played baseball, professional baseball. Oh, I know it. This might be a good clue. Come on, Nicole. I'm rooting for you. Yes. Renee got it. <laughs> oh, you were too slow. No, I was just going to just put diamonds right here. Let's go. Yes. Okay, keep <sighs> giving and shouts to diamonds. Sorry, Nicole. Like, <sighs> Thank you for trying. Diamond, the shield. That's the homie, man. And, the, and I loved her message when uh, – it came out that I was going to be co-owner, co-owner of the dream. Like, just love everything she's doing. Shouts to her modeling for fear of God, all of that. But let's give yeah. her more of her roses. What else do you want to tell us about Diamond the Shield? Okay, I had, um, she has a partnership with Oakley. Oh. Yep. Yep. Paul, you knew that, VP? Because she wears glasses. Yep. Does Essence Carsons have a partnership with Oakley? I'm not sure. She oh. wears glasses too, VP. <laughs> she, was with, she was with Nike, and I believe she has Nike ones. Oh, my Oh, goodness. okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> what, 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 was the next, what was the next hit? 
Okay, the next hint, that was, I think it was going to be pretty obvious. She has a teammate with the last name Parker. Oh, okay. That when you was going to, I like yeah. that though, because that's when you was going to make sure we knew. She didn't have to worry about all that, okay, Penny? She didn't have to worry about all that. I got my Diamond the Shield rookie card. There you go, okay. Yes. <laughs> well, I want everybody, look, we are about that women's basketball a life over here we didn't know what penny was going to say vp didn't just know. pulled out the card in the back <laughs> the rookie card in the back okay let me was ready. don't let me joe don't mind me guys i'm just adding my point um <laughs> she's gloating oh yeah so <clears throat> we have a new update oh, it's boy. a two-way tie at the time can you can you name his her uh dad and brother's name though Oh, um, starts with a D, of course. I know what it is. Okay. Mr. DeField and Son. <laughs> there you go, Snoop. There you go. <laughs> Pop on the shield. Pop on the shield. Yes, Penny. Penny's in front of the show. Yes. Yes, Penny. Pop on the shield. Pop on the shield. And do your the shield. What's their name, VP, since you know it? Yeah. The Lino. The Lino, there you go. That's one name. Oh, is it a junior? That's the brother. That's Delino, the brother. Delino Senior Junior. Oh, it's right. See, Mr. Cole and Junior. Honorable mention. Honorable mention for Cole. I love it. So, in case everyone was wondering, we have a two-way tie at the top. Me and VP. At now you don't have four. Who don't have four? You. I didn't think she had four either. I thought she had three. Oh, y'all trying it. Snoop trying it. No, 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 no. I said the scores. Because they took one from me. No, no, no. Snook, me and you were tied. <laughs> Check the tape. I won't take this type of slander. Me and VP <laughs> are at the top with four. Snook is straggling behind, trying to catch up at three. And then Cole, Penny was trying to do it for you, Cole. Penny, yeah. Penny was trying. I told you I'm terrible to get <laughs> there always has to be the one at the bottom cole thank you for doing that for the two lit crew i'm, just, I'm glad i could be here i'm glad i could be down there for you <laughs> i didn't want to be there and you took that for me that's a real sister right there oh, yeah just like those whoopings she took for you when you were younger and that's all that's a fact cole would take my whoopings for me my sisters were my keepers that's how look let me just even say this too i remember when shay used to that's when she was actually working like i think she was working at hardy's and she would actually bring me food like in the summertime when shay and cole would watch me every time when i would open up the microwave there would be like a new fast food because when i was younger i didn't like to eat leftovers i thought that they were the most ridiculous yeah. thing i ever heard in my entire existence <laughs> my mother, we, we just didn't eat but renee oh renee has she can't eat leftovers we got to make sure she has some fresh food in the house <laughs> I used to have a, this is real talk. I used to have this real thing about, I thought the food would go bad overnight. And so I didn't like to eat leftovers because I just, I thought it was nasty and germy and disgusting. And I didn't want it. Like I wanted it when it was cooked. And after that, yes. I don't, you've seen, everybody's seen meat when you take it out of the refrigerator, you got all that cold, that fat yeah. on it. And it looks disgusting mm. until you sizzle it back up. I had a problem with that, but you still, does. You still do. Because you're the one who, if you think it's close to the expiration date, it could be oh, three, four <laughs> days away from the ex. It's in the trash. Oh yeah, so I don't you want to eat that Salisbury steak then? 
Oh, <laughs> mercy, what it is. <laughs> I would have been knocking on Coach Ariama's door like, uh, Coach, I'm starving. Help me. <laughs> no, but that's real talk. So my sisters, being the best sisters they are, I couldn't eat the leftovers that they were eating, and they would always bring me, like, some fast food. I know you guys are probably thinking, that's no better. But to me, I was living like a queen. I was having mm. McDonald's every day, and, oh, it was great. I was having Win you name it, Wendy's, Taco Bell, all of it. So... Penny, 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 thank you for coming. Like, this is why it's great to have friends of the show on the show because she knows she was ready. I was I ready. Love to see it. Penny, we don't have to have you back. Thank you for joining thank us. You. Thank you. It was an honor. Thanks, it was an honor. Thanks, thank you, everybody. Have a good night. You too. Thank you, Paul. Bye. Oh my gosh. She was great. She was great. She was fun. Yeah. That she was, was really so, fun. she knew about Papa Ball and said, <laughs> Papa the Shields. Penny for the win. I upgraded that to Mr. though. <laughs> they call me Mr. Pig. Um, okay, so moving on while well, Penny, you were absolutely amazing, honestly. And we said it was going to happen. And it's time now. Everybody's ready for the top shot. A for the top shot. A. Everybody's ready for the top shot. A for the top shot. A. Are we ready, VP? I was actually stalling a little bit because I didn't know if he was ready. But are you ready to open it up? Yeah. Let's get it. Okay. So every week now we've been opening up top shots. Don't be having. Let me make sure people can't see none of my information on there. Okay. Okay. It's okay. Um, but we <laughs> open up a we open up a top shot and then we give away one of them. So we're gonna open it up live right now. Come on, you which guys. One? You gotta want something good for which me, guys. Want? Everybody. Which oh, which I, I say go with base set. Base set it is. I like that, Cole. Let's go. Let's play remotely NBA top shot. Let's go. All right, Paul, give me time to digest my picks. <laughs> and I like to pick them. I think I want to go with the far right one to start with today, please. Let's go to the far right. Yeah. Let's see here. Raptors. Wait, let me see. Okay, okay. I'm mad at it. Chris Boucher. Oh. Okay, I got a block shot. I don't know how many blocks I have just yet. I'll take it. I'll take it. What's my cereal? No, that wasn't a sexy cereal. Yep, let's move on. Which one, Cole Snook? Which one? Middle. Cole? Yeah, I was middle. about to say the middle, too. Go ahead. Middle. Let's I go agree. with the middle one. Let's see. Let's see. Come on. See, these ones are, because uh, these ones are the older ones. There's only 12,000. So is that a good thing? Yeah. Okay, so tell the new me. New ones have 35,000. New ones are 35,000. Oh, so shouts to NBA Top Shot. I see what you did there. Thank so the you. One? Yeah, let's go middle. Oh, Pelicans. All right. Ah! Mom! Get the booty! Yes! That's a okay. great one. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Damn it. Watch your head, boy. Okay. Okay, there's only 15,000 that one. There. <laughs> now that's, I'm telling you right now, I ain't giving that one away. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm that's keeping Zion. That's Whoa. right, boss. That's a keeper. <laughs> okay, what's last but not least? 
Who is that? Okay, Alec Burks. Okay, it's an assist. Let me see what he did. Did he drop a dime? Oh, dropped a dime to a dunk. All right. So if we had to choose everybody, which which one are we giving away? Alex Burks. <laughs> I would say Burks too. Okay, so Alex Burke can be yours. What do they have to do, VP? Uh, you know what? Me. Actually, we're gonna give away two. I'm gonna keep Zion, and I'm gonna give the other two Ooh. away. Okay. Yeah. So what do they have to do for that? Follow the Instagram and subscribe there you go so all you have to do is what you should have already been doing that's right. okay that's follow us on instagram follow us on twitter but this one's follow us on instagram follow us on youtube subscribe whatever it's called subscribe to youtube get into it okay we're having fun on this show are we going out to two different people or one to two two different people all right, so it's two chances to win. That's why I was asking. So everybody, let's get it. Every week we're going to be doing this, okay? So let's get into it. We're going to be doing this. Shouts to NBA Top Shot for providing the goods. This is fun. I don't know. It's like a little game. I don't. There's something about opening up a surprise, right? Like, I don't know what it is, but it's it like, is. what if this, what if we get a card on here? I'm just going to snook Cole VP. Uh-huh. If we get a card on here, you know, some of the good cards, what's the highest one sold for VP? Uh, 200,000. We had to split that amongst the crew, wouldn't it? Look, a book says split it four ways, you heard? <laughs> yeah, no, for real, for real. We're going to split it. Yeah, we're going to split it. This is, I haven't even sold any. I just kind of been like hoarding them and just like, putting them on the display like so I like to like I think the for sale like page I just like to display what I have and so I put it for ridiculous the numbers Zion the Zion won the low asking price is 155 so that's the low asking price so that's actually not bad so oh. at minimum it's 150 you hold on to it and let him turn into what we know he's going to turn into mm-hmm. Ain't no telling. This is like trading cards, you guys. Top sale. Uh, somebody sold it for four thousand. What Zion Williamson? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to tell y'all. Look at Snook. Look at Snook. <laughs> That's a good. I'm trying to tell y'all. This is a big business that we're involved in right now. <laughs> look, look. I think the group chats better perk up. <laughs> better. That's serious. Oh my Woo-hoo. goodness. All right, you guys. Listen. That's all we have for this week. Keep having fun with us. We're having fun here on Remotely Renee, where we connect while being remote. We're all in different locations, but we are family. Okay, okay. You forgot what about Smoots. <laughs> I wanted to do the outro and then come back. <laughs> yeah, we need an outtakes video for sure. Oh my gosh. I wanted to have a con- uh, Renee, uh, how are we supposed to know? You don't know her stuff half the time. How are we supposed to know that? But at least let it finish. Don't y'all know TV? You, you, never, you never cut until <laughs> they say cut. We let you finish and then you stopped. I don't know what happened. I've never heard you say cut. Thinking we are family. I know, but you, you never said cut on this show. We never heard you say cut. So <laughs> we know that you were supposed to say, we were supposed to say cut. Renee some oh. rules as we go. So. <laughs> okay, so... We're family, as you can see. Catch us next week. All right.
is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood? Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.